Sometimes the best worship is without all the fancy lights. It's just raw, man. You can draw the Spirit of God in a barn, the baby in the manger. You can draw them in the temple. You can draw them in the street. It doesn't matter how fancy it is. He will come if you draw him near. How many are excited to be in the house of God today that we have the freedom to worship freely? If you're excited, let him know. Let him know. We're thankful, Lord, that we have this opportunity to worship you freely. Some of you brought some baggage in today, and I'm not talking about baggage that holded your crock pots from yesterday, but baggage that you can let go today in this service. Hey, do me a favor, favor, on the way to your seats, find three people and tell them, I'm glad you're here. Even you. I'm glad even you are here. Come on now. Amen. Changing it up on people. You might have noticed we got rid of the giving countdown. Changing it up. God wants to change it up on people. You don't want to stay complacent. You don't want to stay the same. You got to keep it fresh. You got to lose that muscle memory. And I heard yesterday that we had a birthday Three weeks ago, I was quickly, children are so honest, man. By the way, the lights are broke today. They're not broke, they work, but they're broke because we can't dim these. So I know it's weird for you to see each other, but next week we'll have it back to normal, our normal softer lighting, the whole corporate library thing. I don't love it either, but hey, it's what we're going to do. and We're grateful to be here. So, so I was informed that there was a birthday yesterday. And, and, the, and then the little girl next to the birthday girl says, it was three weeks ago, quickly to let me know. But hey, let's give it up for Cheyenne, who turned 11 three weeks ago, not yesterday, it was three weeks ago. Cheyenne is awesome. Next Sunday is our first donut Sunday. Come on, donuts, coffee. That's like church stuff. We're going to do church stuff. Bring your friends. If you don't know Jesus, but you know donuts, bring a donut. Come eat a donut. Tell your friends to come have a donut, and then we'll slip in some Jesus on the way. They won't even know it. It's all about timing, right? If we had donut Sunday at 11, right in the middle of the service, that that wouldn't work. It's got to be before service. It's about the timing around when you do things, if you want them to be successful. And I've been studying this thing on timing and how everything Jesus did, there was a time element connected to it, which gave it its value. If I showed up at 11, like the very first service, was 30 minutes late, y'all might not like that because the timing was off. If we had a four-hour service like some I've been to, Uh Uh-huh. 
Some of y'all might not come back, and I understand that. I wouldn't either. We have a 30-minute message. We have a one-hour drive-through service. Not really, but you know what I'm saying. It's all about the timing. And when I was thinking about this timing element all over the Gospels of how God did things according to the timing, I thought of just what naturally came to mind. Chicken strips. You know, I'm not talking about these Tyson chicken strips pre-cooked. I'm talking about old school. Evidently, there was a bag that my mom would buy that you had to cook, really cook. They were breaded, but they weren't cooked. And so little Pastor Jeffy, the 12 years old, 11 years old, I was going to microwave these bad boys. I just thought there were some chicken strips. But timing is critical in anything between success and failure. The timing is critical. And I guess I was a little premature, Brandon, on the timing of these chicken strips because they weren't actually pre-cooked. They were raw. And so I got my chicken strips, and I got into that thing, and I was, and I almost threw up right then and there because I didn't know they had jelly inside of chicken strips. I didn't know that. And if you never had a raw chicken strip, mm -hmm, it's like a PBJ without the J and the P and the the sweetness. It, it was nasty, and I almost threw up on the kitchen floor, my mom's tile with the rose-colored grout. Ew. Ew. It was cool then. <laughs> oh, I got to love it. Anyway, those chicken strips need good timing. You go to Cane's Chicken in the Valley, it's good stuff. It's moist. You know why? Because they got the cook time down. The cook timing is down. That's why the chicken's moist and not dried out. You want good barbecue? You want good brisket? You don't want a dry brisket that you sucked all the moisture out. Why? Because the timing in the cook was off. It's dry. It's the difference between choking to death on dry brisket or having a nice, pleasant, moist, luscious brisket experience, Cheyenne. It's the difference. When you guys move to the country, you're going to have to do some real barbecue pig picking out the ground and invite Pastor Jeff over and I'll eat it because you can do those bonfires and stuff out there. It's all about timing. And sometimes we rush the process of timing. It's funny, like we understand time. We got to get to work on time and we got to do all these things. There's certain elements of time we understand and are obliged with, but there's certain, there's certain other elements of time that we battle God with because it's not our timing. And the, the, the challenge is how to make sure your timing is God's timing. When they're out of a line, things don't go well. We, we rush the process. I mean, it's as simple as going to the grocery store hungry. You're, you're hungry, right? So what do you do? You impulsively jump ahead and grab all the bad stuff. You're not going straight for the lettuce and the spinach and the kale. You're going for the chips and the junk because the timing is, you, I got to eat now. I'm starving. So you're impulsively craving more now versus you go on a full stomach. You know, you know, you go to the kale aisle first and you get your kale and you get your, your radishes and you get your spinach and you get your, um, you get your avocado good fat and you get your, you get your ranch. That's a given no matter what kind of diet you're on, but you slow down and focus because your timing is good. You're not distracted by something to make you want it faster, like hunger. It happens with getting your to-do list done. 
to life milestones. We rush the process. Some of us want to accomplish life so fast that we miss the process. Well, we just got to get a car. I got to get a house. I got to get married. I got to get rich. I got to do all these things. But what am I doing those things for, and how am I going about doing them, and are they coming out the way we had hoped, God's way, based on our timing, the way we're doing it? We rush the process. But it is pertinent. Everybody say pertinent three times and see if you don't stumble. Pertinent, pertinent, pertinent. That we take the correct steps in the right series in order to land in the right place at the right time. Some people call it luck, but maybe it's God's way of properly preparing us and there is actually no such thing as luck. There's no luck. We just call it luck not recognizing God's timing. When we sidestep the timing in things, which is where the development takes place, it's in the process, the pulse of pressure. You guys remember that sermon? It's in the process the coal becomes the diamond. It doesn't happen overnight. When we sidestep the timing, we sidestep a lasting result. It's gone as it fast as it came in. We eat the junky sugar carbs, we're hungry again in an hour. We eat the good, sustaining fat. We're not hungry, Brandon. Our appetite is sustained. It lasts because we're getting the nutrients. We crash diet our opportunities and lose them as fast as they came in the door because of timing. The will of God on your life is time-sensitive. Embrace the process and absorb the most you can out of each step God puts before you. Be faithful, but be patient in the process and absorb. I'm challenged with it daily. I was challenged with it today. We got a sound technician in the house. We're stepping up our game. How many are thankful for technical expertise? We got some help. But with that comes challenges because Pastor Jeff's used to get it done, get it done, get it done. And sometimes you got to slow down and get it done right. And it takes time. And I'm not used to that. I'm used to, hey, we got to stop at this point. We got to do this. And I'm sacrificing. So even I have to, even I, no, really, even I have to slow down sometimes and say, make it better, make it last. Let's do it right. It's timing. It takes timing. We're going to look at a couple passages of text today based on this idea as Jesus did certain things based on the timing. He didn't do them early. He didn't do them late. He did them around his timing, and he did not do things according to people's wishes because of timing. If we look at John chapter 2, verse 1 through 4, we've all heard the story about Jesus doing the first miracle, turning the water into wine. Yay! But there was more to this. It wasn't because he was a party animal, okay? Go back to your word. Go back to your scripture. Let's not adopt the scripture to our culture. Let's adopt the culture to the scripture. On verse 1, it says, On the third day there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus, Mary, was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. He got an invite. That's cool. He, he actually went. I usually get busy and don't go, but Jesus went. 
And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, hey, Jesus, they don't have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. Now, let's clarify. It's funny that he said woman, but it's not like that. It's not like woman, get, you know, it's not like that. It's like woman. It's like peaceful. It's a different connotation, even though in our culture it's kind of, you know, aggressive and humorous, I think. He told his own mother, woman, if I called my mother woman, well, I'd be on the ground right now. I'd be on the ground. Stop. I'm sorry. I used to use the word mommy instead at that point. My hour has not yet come. What's that about? See, when it's not in God's timing, it's not right. It's not ready. In our culture, our, our, our humanistic uh, instinct is to rush the process. Are we there yet? Jesus' mother, you know, she knew he was the Messiah, but she was not born of the Spirit as he was. He was conceived by the Spirit of God. His father was the Spirit in him, the source. He was the fruit of the Spirit, the Redeemer. And Mary knew that, but Mary was not. So Mary didn't understand the timing aspect of his ministry, but he did. It's because he was filled with the Spirit, and she was not. She was his earthly mother. She was married to Joe, Joseph. They got some kids. We're close, but we're not the same. And the miracle was important to show his ministry, and he wasn't quite ready to go there yet. He had a timeline for everything he did. From the time he was 30 years old to the time he died on the cross, there was significance in when and how he did everything. Now, if you keep reading on, which we're not going to, he did the miracle. Just, you know, it's his mom. Are you going to tell your mom no? But it wasn't God's will for him to do it yet. His time had not yet come on the cross. Everything was about the cross for Jesus at this point. It was about his, his shedding of blood on the cross. That was his life's mission, not go make some wine for some people at a wedding. He knew that's not what it was about. But like many cases for the hardness of their hearts and not understanding, he just did it to show them there's more. But we have that same nature, you know, like on the ride to the trip. Are we there yet? Who, who's done that? Are, are we there yet? How much longer? Are we there yet? How many do it every 10 minutes like Colton? How many do it every 10 minutes like Colton? Anybody else every 10 minutes? Cheyenne does it every 10 minutes. Are we there yet? Aaron does it every 10 minutes. Anybody else? Are we there? Are we there yet? Just take a nap and when you wake up, we'll be there. That's what my dad always would say. Just go to sleep. We go to the lake and when we, when we wake up, we'll be at the lake. And it wasn't always true because I'd wake up 10 minutes later. Are we there yet? Time is priceless, and it has a limited supply. So as we get older, we realize the value of time and how it's used. It matters because we don't want to waste time the older we get. 39 and three quarters, life's almost over. We got to hurry up before the over the hill comes. Cheyenne in January, 40 for Pastor Jeff. Timing matters. But Colton, yeah, we go to the lake, man. Are we there yet? Daddy, are we there yet? Oh, I'm so cold. The vent blows on. Oh, Daddy, can we go to McDonald's? No, kid, you're going to have a heart problem. We go there like every 30 minutes on the way to the lake. Oh, I'm so cold. I'm really hungry. Are we there yet? And it's just you just want to zip. 
But it's, 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 it's a perfect illustration of the modern human. We want it now. We want it fast because we're in a hurry. But when it's not in God's timing, it's not ready. As kids, you know how it is. I heard this my whole life. They say, slow down. Quit trying to grow up because when you grow up, you can't go back to those days. And you don't get it until you grow up, and now you're telling your kids the same thing. Slow down. Enjoy it while you can because you can't go back. But as a kid, you're in such a rush to do big people things, you know, like drive a car, you know, like uh, go to the store, or like, let me, get, let me think of a good one, like Kaylee. She likes to go out and help Daddy cut, out, cut up cardboard boxes and throw them in the trash because I got the knife and everything, and she don't use it. But she, she thinks that's cool because it's big people stuff. She's in a hurry to, to box cut. But let me tell you, when it's her turn to really be the box cutter when she's like 15 or something, she's going to be, I don't want to do this no more. I wish I could go back to being three. She's in a hurry. And she doesn't understand the timing is critical and limited and precious and how we use time matters. And when our time is out of a line with Christ, it matters. We're rushing for tomorrow. I need a big church, God. We're missing the process. I still think about Nick and Unify. He said, enjoy the process, the season. Valuable word. That was an anointed word, brother. And I still think about it because it's, it's valuable to absorb the season you're in. You're only 11 once. Okay? When you turn 12, 11 is bye-bye. So don't rush it. And Mary knew Jesus was the Christ, but she was not conceived of the Spirit like him. So she was just, hey, Jesus, can, can you do the miracle? Come on. You know you can do it. Come on. Just do it. But his timing wasn't ready. And when it's not in God's timing, it's not ready. Only God himself, Christ, the word made flesh, dwelt among us. We beheld his glory and knew him not. Christ Jesus, the spirit of the living God who dwelt in the flesh, human Christ, only knew God's timing at this point. He knew his hour was not ready. But sometimes God will alter his timing anyway, just to show us he's still there. I mean, he did the miracle, but it wasn't really his desire. Our plans change because God had a different plan than us, planned for us, and we have to alter our timing in our life. I mean, I've probably told this story numerous times this year, but my life's mission was to be a rock star. You know, that's what God would want. That's, you know, people, yay, go Jeff, yay, awesome, you're so cool, yeah. That's what God would want, right? That's what I thought. Oh, it just makes sense. People cheer. Yeah, I was like 11 years old. People started cheering in talent shows. I thought, well, I'm not getting teased for a change. I could do this. So I gave my life to it. I went to Nashville when I was 17. I mailed out 100 cassette tapes all over the country when I was like 16 to to music management companies, just trying for someone to give me one little break, to come in the door and do a professional recording and do all that. And I got to Nashville and I did that. And then I did some things here and I did some things there. And I spent 10 more years doing doing that. It's God's will. It's God's will. Now I'm 27 then. And in the pop world, I was pop music, you know, bye, 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 bye. You know, little NSYNC. Come on. I'm doing this tonight. Anybody? Come on. Anybody remember NSYNC? Are you just like, give me the deer in headlights to make me feel extra awkward? Come on now. Who remembers NSYNC? 
Backstreet Boys. I know it's not the coolest, but it was real back then. Britney Spears, JG. My name was JG. That was my stage name because Gwaltney was too hard to say. Ruthie? Well, in the pop world, you 27, you old news. You old. We only like 20 years old, 20 year olds. We don't care if you spent 10 years of your limited time giving in your all because you thought it's what God's will would be, which made no sense according to scripture. But who looked at the scripture when I just felt it? I went by my feelings. And here I am, 27, and I still can't afford my Mustang. It was 400 something a month. We talked about that. I moved home, lived in my mommy's basement. I got a girlfriend, thank the Lord. Finally, someone would take me because nobody, you know, I've talked about this. Nobody wants a broke musician. And so here I was, and I'm 27, and now the music business, after giving 10 years, is saying, sorry, man, we're on to the next. It's a six-month rotation. We don't care. We don't care what you think God's will is. We'll chew you up and spit you out. And so God said, it's time for something new, boy. You want to live in that basement forever? I said, no, I don't really want to. I, I was a mama's boy, though, so I thought, well, I'll stay until 28. All my friends were getting married, already had houses, and I'm like five years behind, and it was bothering me. And so I did what came natural. I did the most closest thing to performing music ever, become a computer programmer. Um, said no one ever. It's weird. I went to the extreme opposite of what I had been doing for years. Being a ham, acting foolish, just being raw, man, and people, people appreciate that because even when you look silly, they appreciate the genuine realness of who you were. And I went to hiding in a cave, and I don't know what happened, but God's timing was different than my timing, and I had to come to this stopping point and say, how bad do I want this? Do I want to sacrifice everything? And if I'm out of a line with God's timing, which has a limited supply, where am I headed in the next three years? 30. Am I going to be in my mommy's basement? No way. I said, that's it. That's it. I ran from it. Never talked about it. How's the music, Jeff? I don't know. I don't know that person. I was bitter. I was bitter, Debbie, for years. Didn't want to talk about music because I thought my timing was right. There was no reason it should have failed. But God's timing is different. And when it's not in God's timing, it's not ready. So I became a programmer. No more pop deal. R&B, if you really want to know. I was the unknown Justin Timberlake solo album before it actually came out. And then that came out. And then it was the end of white guy singing R&B, Jeffy from St. Louis. And had to get a real job. And it was the best thing that ever happened in my entire life. You didn't know that was coming, did you? Because guess what? God said, here's what you're going to do. It doesn't make sense, but this is what you're going to do. You're going to start a business. You're going to go do something you thought you couldn't even do because you weren't smart enough. You're going to become a computer programmer. Ew. What? What? You're going to do that, and you're going to stick with it, and you're going to want to quit. And I almost quit several times, and my buddy who taught me, I would call crying to on the job saying, help me fix this. I don't know how to fix this. I'm going to get fired because I was really good, Janet, talking my way into the job even though I couldn't actually do it yet. I was ahead of my game. You know what I'm saying? I couldn't hold up my game, so I had to call my buddy and say, no one's looking. How do I fix this problem? For real. It took about a year. My timing changed. And when I got in my rhythm with the timing, I started standing on my own. Standing on my own. That was 13 years ago. 
changed our life. It changed our life. It opened new doors. It changed the way I looked at things. Now I, I looked at music for what it was. It was a season in my life. It wasn't who I was because the timing was wrong. And God had to show me sometimes the hard way, and everyone, the hard way that when it's not in his timing, it's not ready. It doesn't matter if you think it should be. He said, don't get mad at me. It's my will, and my will is my will. And You want to change my will? But I know what's best for you. But God, I want the chips. I said, go to the kale aisle. Go on a full stomach. But I want the chips, God. When we learn to slow down and focus on the season we're in and learn the process we're in, like dealing with these cables that Nick hates, when we learn to deal with the cables, we start preparing ourselves for more. And when opportunity strikes, that's when preparation meets opportunity when God now has aligned you in his timing and you're, it's no luck. There's no such thing as luck. You're preparing and you're preparing. You're pacing consistently. And when God presents the opportunity, now you are prepared. Music business old saying is, you got to be in the right place at the right time. It's about luck. It's not true. You need to be prepared that at any time you're ready because you don't know who you're going to meet in Nashville. A lot of those Christian artists hang out in the coffee shops, Fido's 21st Avenue, West End, West End and 21st. I'm sure it's still there. Fido's Coffee Shop. You run into uh, Keith Urban. He'll be grabbing a coffee. I mean, it's normal there. Downtown, slummy coffee shop. It's normal there. Preparation meets opportunity is when you find the rhythm. It's time sensitive. Everything we do is time sensitive. And when we are prepared, we create opportunities, openings for opportunity to enter in our lives. Our outlook will learn to recognize what we don't know how, but we know it's God. We don't know what, but we know it's God. We sense it because God takes action patiently. Talked about this a lot, especially last year on my social post. If you watch how God moves, it's a patient movement. It's not impulsive. It's patient. It's focused. We learn to embrace the challenges when we're prepared because we know God likes to stretch us. We know it's going to be hard. So when we know what it feels like to run out of the money at the end of each year because of taxes and sales tax and, and personal property and life insurance and all this stuff, we know what it feels like because it happened the last five years. We're prepared now. We felt this pain before. You guys with me? But that first time when you haven't felt it and you're not prepared, it's hard to deal because we want it just to be fixed in our timing. But when it's not in God's timing, it's not ready. And when we're out of time with God, we squander our time. We can't be prepared to see God's doors open because we're on our timeline. We start investing in so many things like the music. I can't say it was wasted time. It wasn't squandered, but I invested so much time. It makes me wonder if God would have had me to invest it in some other ways. He obviously brought it all together for me, but I often wonder that if I missed opportunities from being so busy investing time in maybe the wrong things or not the things God wanted me to. 
It's like the fighters. We all look like a UFC fan crowd. We all like the UFC. Who likes the UFC? Mixed martial arts, anybody? One, two, three. All the men raise their hands in the room. <laughs> These guys train and train and train for like five minutes in a ring. They say the hardest part is the preparation. That when the fight comes, they said that's, that's like the fun part. It'd be really weird getting hit in the face and thinking that's fun. It's not for me. But, but they say that's the easy part because the preparation now has met the opportunity. They know it's coming. They don't know how it's going to feel just yet, but they've been preparing for months in what they call fight camp. Preparation met opportunity. Even when you're sitting still, God is still working. This church has been a great learning experience for me and all the people here. And as you all know, as you've seen it change, sometimes it feels like, you know, it's just, is anybody going to, do people know we're out there? Like, do people know? I mean, they, they said they were going to come, and then they don't. And then you start thinking, and the devil starts playing seeds like, well, it should be faster. We should have more. It should, it should be this. It should be that. And we start, we start sidestepping God's timing. People come in. Well, this is not what I thought. We had someone, I probably shouldn't say this. We had someone come to a thing for a thing, and they saw it wasn't the thing they expected, and they were out in five minutes because it wasn't what they thought it would be. It wasn't, it wasn't enough. You know what I mean? I'm trying to be extra vague there because we are live streaming. Hey, guys. Thanks for coming to the Fall Fest. I would def definitely not be talking about the Fall Fest. In that illustration, but I was talking about the Fall Fest. Anyway. <laughs> it's not in their timing. It's not enough. We start second-guessing God's will when God said, that, that is my will. That's what we're doing. We're showing you the season you're in. Even when you think it's not going to happen, Jesus is paving a way. I never thought we'd have this pulpit. I thought the pulpit I bought was the pulpit for One Seed Church. I didn't know God was going to do a switcheroo. Ten months in, look at this. Oh, yeah. You seen the old pulpit? I'd be on the ground right now trying to do that. You got to be Brandon to lift that other thing. got to be Hercules. It's a, back, it's a backbreaker. But see, God keeps adjusting. He's still making moves. He's still adjusting. We're adjusting. We're growing. And we're taking steps. And when God speaks, you take a step. When it's not his timing, you slow your roll. But when he speaks... Now is time to go. It's time to move. When God speaks, it's time to move. We look at Matthew chapter 27, verse 17 through 19. Now we have the opposite scenario. Before his hour was not yet come. Now the clock's ticking. This is right before the Passover, the Passover celebration, the beginning of the uh, Festival of Unleavened Bread, celebrating the exodus out of Egypt when the Passover angel slain all the firstborn unless you marked the blood of the lamb on the door you were with the Egyptians dead and so they're celebrating their exile and Jesus knows that there's a timing element to this Passover he says guys we're gonna we're gonna eat early this year let's have a Passover dinner disciples but we're gonna do it early we're gonna do it early according to God's timing it says on 17, now on the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the disciples came to Jesus saying to him, 
where do you want us to prepare for you to eat the Passover? And he said, go into the city, a certain man, and say to him, the teacher says, my time is at hand. Everybody say, my time is at hand. Our time is right now. We're in it. I said that. We're in it. It's not a show. We're in it. This is painful sometimes, and we're in it because time is valuable and time is limited, and we're in it right now as a church. And Jesus says, my time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. He told them to go tell the man. And they're like, it's early. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them, verse 19, and they prepared the Passover. See, God's timing knew that there was going to be another Passover. Him on the cross, he was the Passover lamb. He knew he wouldn't get to eat that night because he knew his hour was at hand. He was going to the cross, and he knew it, and they didn't get it, but he knew it because he was God, and he knew God's timing that the hour was now at hand. So when I say go prepare that meal, even though it's early, and it's against the Jewish customs, and it's against what the Pharisees think we should do, we're not going to tell them about it. It's our little secret. I know the timing of things, and now it's time to go. And when I speak like I spoke to heaven, into existence like I spoke the world into existence in the world and God said let there be light he spoke it into existence I now speak until you go tell that man it's time for our Passover dinner because he knew his time was up holding out when God speaks will leave you in the dark it's important guys it's important to really harmonize with God and really pray and ask him to align your life's timing with his will so you're not left in dark seasons when you, you don't have to be. We must embrace God's timing even when he says it's not for you to be on TRL with Carson Daly. Man, that was the coolest. Anybody remember TRL, MTV? <laughs> Nate, <laughs> one person. Okay, I'm showing my age. TRL was the show in the 90s, and if you were a good pop star, you got to be on TRL. And God says, I got more for that. I got more than that for you. I want to be on TRL. I got life-changing ministry for you, Jeff. Whatever, God. I didn't know it was coming. It was 20 years ago. But when it's not in God's timing, it's not ready. And when he speaks it, it's not going to happen. It's finished. It's done. When he speaks life, it's done. There's life. He spoke the world. He didn't speak it and then say, come come again. See you in 30 days. He said, and it is finished. It is done. On my cross, it is finished. It is done. Our only option to find happiness and fulfillment is to do it his way. And Jesus knew his time was come. God knew the steps before man in that situation God knows our steps before we take them. He knows that little chubby kid that was dancing to new kids on the block would grow up and be a pastor of a church of the living God. And I thought I would never do that with my life. That's ridiculous. How dare you ever think I would do that with my life? I'm way too cool for that. But God said, that's what I have for you. And he has something for you. And he has something for you. And he has something for all of you. And it's all going to be different. And together, the body of Christ brings together the Lord's will to the community. It's about the pieces in harmony. 
If we could stand, we're going to pray. And lately I've been more focused on asking God to give me the right words. Because I can spew a lot of stuff, but if I'm not giving meat, it's not enough to feed his sheep. Some of you came in with that. There's people we saw yesterday, they don't know God. And they just think it's not fair. That's their thing. It's, it's not fair. Life's not fair. But I wanted that job, God. He said, it's, it's their job. I got a different job for you. He says, but I really thought that house was my house, God. I wanted that new house. He says, I got a house for you. Not only the one in the, the mansion in heaven, but I got another house for you in Lake St. Louis. It's not ready. It's coming. But slow down. When God gets our attention with enough of those situations, we start recognizing our timing's off. And when we turn to God and say, okay, Lord, have your way. Lead me down the path to righteousness. Some of you feel overdue for a move of God on your life and nothing just seems to be happening. But be patient because even once you can't see, things are happening. The greatest things that God ever did in the scripture were the things you could not see. That's why he said, listen with your spiritual ears. Listen with your spiritual eyes. You think it's great I raised that man? Well, look, I forgave sin. You can't see that, but that's the greater miracle, he said. Listen and see by the infilling of the Spirit in your life. Pray to the Lord, my will not be done, yours. Lord, your will be done. Make the shift and see God move. Lord, we come to you now in this house and we value every opportunity to pray in your name, to read your word, to fellowship together, to sing songs of your glory, to give you praise. We're not afraid to give you praise in our house. We know we got to let it go. If the blessings got to flow, we got to let it go and give it back to you, Lord. We ask all these things in Jesus' name, we ask that every burden be left here at this house today, God, and that we slow our timing and pay attention because life is passing by and we're missing it because we're thinking about those worldly things that aren't going to bring the joy anyway. Help us see with our spiritual eyes. Help us lift our hands to the heavens. And if you all could just bow your head, close your eyes, and lift your hands and no one's looking and tell them, I'm ready, Lord. I'm ready. I'm ready. In Jesus' name, amen.